if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. And a good morning to you. Thanks for joining us on AM 1420. The answer. It's eight minutes after nine o'clock as uh, we get rolling on this Thursday. It's the eighth morning of the 10th month of the year of our Lord 2020. And my oh my, do we have a lot to debate about today. Debate being the operative word because last night we had a debate among the uh, vice president or between the vice presidential candidates and now. The news this morning is about the next debate, which is coming up next week on the 15th, and uh, it may not happen at all now. Appreciate you being with us here. Uh, yeah, the breaking news this morning is that the Presidential Debate Commission has decided, overlords that they are, of all things debatey, that the next debate will be a virtual debate. It will not be in person, face-to-face, or plexiglass separating faces from faces, between Donald Trump and Joe Biden, the next debate will be virtual. And President Trump has immediately said, nope, not happening. Not going to do it. I will not do a virtual debate so that Joe Biden can sit up there in his cocoon and cheat. Now, he didn't say the word cheat. I'm saying the word cheat, and I mean every single syllable of it. Joe Biden is a cheat. Joe Biden has been a cheat and a liar for his entire political career. There, is, there are mountains of evidence proving that. Lying about his degree, lying about his place in his class, lying about where he went to school, claiming he went to a historically black college, lying about uh, uh, in his speeches about his own thoughts, plagiarizing other people. Joe Biden has cheated to get every single thing he has in his political career. There's just no disputing that. Even during his supposed uh, interviews, uh, in which he's supposed to be answering of his own mind, his own free will, his own thoughts, his own ideas, in uh, from his little basement cocoon, he was busted using teleprompters. He held up a big picture in one of them. Maybe you saw this, a framed glass picture, and the reflection in the glass picture showed the teleprompter screen that he's reading off of in in one-on-one interviews. Joe Biden cannot think on his own. He cannot think on his feet. He cannot remember things. 
And now they want to have a virtual town hall where he can have earpieces and he can have teleprompters and he can have all kinds of other assistance that uh, that will aid him in his debate against Donald Trump. Not a chance, President Trump uh, has said. Not doing it. And I don't blame him one bit. Get in the room, Joe. Get in the room. Wear a hazmat suit if you want. But get in the room and do not even attempt to uh, to pull this stunt where you're not going to debate unless it is, is a virtual uh, um, uh, debate. All right, we'll talk more about that as we go this morning. By the way, i got a couple of great guests. Dr. Everett Piper will be joining us at 1010. He has got a lot of thoughts on a lot of things, in particular last night's debate, but also about why and how evangelicals who are pro-lifers can possibly consider voting for uh, Joe Biden. The Biden-Harris ticket is going to continue to fund and, in fact, increase funding for the murder of children inside their mother's wombs through Planned Parenthood. Make no mistake about it, that is exactly what they have pledged to do. And if you are a pro-life Christian, if you're an evangelical, or if you're a Catholic, it doesn't matter if you're pro-life and you vote for this, you are, an, you, you are a walking, uh, talking uh, um, you know, hypocrite. That's essentially what you are. You're just a walking, talking hypocrite. You are you are a, a, a you know a, a mystery wrapped up in an enigma. How can you say you're an evangelical? How can you call yourself Christian? How can you take the pro-life message of your faith and cast it aside when it comes to uh, killing babies? I mean, it is simply impossible to understand that. So Dr. Piper is going to talk to us about that. Then at uh, uh, 1035 this morning, Dr. Paul Lawrence, Undersecretary for the Veterans Administration, is going to be joining us. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to that. We're going to talk about veterans care uh, and also whether or not veterans, <clears throat> excuse me, are going to have their rights to vote impacted uh, by some of the decisions that are being made with respect to mail-in and absentee balloting. So we're going to talk to Dr. Paul Lawrence about that at 1035. Our number one is wide open, 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. All right, let me get to some notes about last night. Um, what we saw last night from Kamala Harris, and by the way, I'm making sure to pronounce her name correctly. Remember, she gets upset if you say uh, uh, Kamala. If you say Kamala, she gets really upset. It's Kamala. And a friend of mine brought this up about a month ago when this whole flap happened, and when Tucker Carlson was mispronouncing her name and saying Kamala, and she got so mad about it. Remember, it's Kamala like communist, not Kamala like capitalist. It's Kamala like communist. So Kamala Harris last night, you know what she did for an hour and a half? What Kamala Harris did last night was showed you and reminded you why no one likes her. Literally, no one likes her. Not Republicans and not Democrats. Kamala Harris, last night, took her smugness, her arrogance, her elitism, and her condescension, and yes, her narcissism. God, does she love herself. Holy goodness, does she love herself. And she put it all on display for the American people to see. She, mind you, has no reason whatsoever from a standpoint of credentials and accomplishments. Yes, I know she's a senator. Yes, she was California's attorney general. How did she get there? (laughs) Well, 
I think everybody knows the Kamala Harris story, and everybody knows what she was willing to do and with whom she was willing to do it to gain political advantage in California years ago. We know exactly who and what she is. But she has no reason whatsoever to carry herself in such an arrogant, condescending way. She was a horrible candidate for president. She was a horrible candidate for president just this past year. She started off when she launched her campaign last summer with all kinds of optimism. And a lot of people said, wow, Kamala Harris is going to be a major force in the Democratic primaries. Kamala Harris is a legitimate threat to win the nomination for the Democrat Party. This is what was said as recently as last summer. Then she had to campaign. Then she had to participate in a few debates last fall. And she was a horrible debater. She was a horrible candidate. She was an atrocious uh, a person to listen to. She did so poorly in her performances on the stump and on the debate stage. She was polling at less than 2% in the Democratic polling. And that's why she ended her campaign before Christmas. As a matter of fact, she ended it well before Christmas. December 3rd is when she ended her campaign for president. After all of the promise and after all of the hype, Surrounding Kamala for president, she was done before it it even got started. And the reason why is nobody liked her. Democrats didn't like her. They thought she was a terrible candidate. Not moderate. I mean, not like she's in the middle of the pack. She was at the bottom. She was down there with Tulsi Gabbard. I mean, pulling way below people like Beta O'Rourke. Polling well below people like Amy Klobuchar. She was she was below Pete Buttigieg. She was a terrible, terrible candidate for president. And last night we were reminded why. And that is exactly, my friends, how she needs to be viewed. I cannot overstate this. I cannot make this point strong enough. If you watched her last night through the lens of a vice presidential candidate, if you watched this as being the JVs before the varsity game, you are delusional. Now, most of the time, it is a JV battle when the vice presidents, uh, vice presidential candidates, uh, get into the, onto the debate stage. Last time on in uh, 2016, Mike Pence debating Tim Kaine was a snoozer because, well, I mean, let's be honest, neither one of them were really relevant. This was Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. It was so incredibly obvious what you were voting for, right? But this time around, if you weren't viewing Kamala Harris last night on that debate stage as a presidential candidate, not vice presidential candidate, then you're just not paying attention. She is going to be the president, If Joe Biden wins now, she'll either be the president in name or in action. But Joe Biden's cognitive cognitive decline is well documented and well known. He's going to be 78 at the time of his inauguration if he wins. And he's not a healthy 78. He is a mentally declining 78. 
and Kamala Harris is going to be running the show, either, again, with the name because he passes it on to her, or behind the scenes she'll be making the decisions. So what you saw last night, you have to ask yourself, did that smug, smirking, snarky, arrogant, condescending thing uh, uh, that we saw from Kamala Harris, is that what we want to be our president? Because she's not just running for vice president. Know that. Everything that she did and everything that she said, it showed you exactly why the Democrats rejected her. And now, I think everybody should be very, very clear about why. What I said at the beginning, I'll say it again. Nobody likes her. Democrats despise Kamala Harris as much as Americans do. It's an amazing thing. As for Mike Pence, he was solid. Solid but slow, in my opinion. You know, there's polite and there's too polite. I think Mike Pence on the facts cornered her in a lot of places, but I also think he left too much meat on the bone. There were points where he could have and should have hammered her. Now, I don't mean Trump style. That's not his style. In fact, I wish there could be a happy medium style between President Trump's aggressive bluster and Pence's quiet strength and politeness. I think both styles in and of themselves are a little bit lacking. Together, if somebody could merge those two things, they'd be perfect. Pence needed to be a little more aggressive, a little faster speaker. He spent so much time with pauses in between his thoughts that it left him without the ability to say everything he wanted to in his two minutes uh, uh, to talk, which is why he ended up going over most of the time. But to any of the idiots who are accusing Mike Pence of mansplaining things to Kamala Harris, this is what the left likes to do. They always find a way to create victims. Kamala Harris, as a female candidate, was victimized by uh, Mike Pence trying to mansplain to her. In other words, when a man tries to argue with a woman, you're mansplaining and you must shut up now. Shut up, patriarch. It's a debate. His job is to explain his position. The fact that he's a man who is explaining his position is irrelevant. Her job is to explain her position. Was she woman-splaining? Only one of the two condescended to the other one in such a way, and it was Kamala Harris and her. I will not be lectured to by blah, blah, blah. I will not be lectured about my job as uh, Attorney General of California, blah, 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 blah. There was only one person who condescended to the other on that stage, and it was the utterly, horrifically unlikable Kamala Harris. Make no mistake about it. 921, right back after this on AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, 926, the Bob France Authority. I was giving you my rundown of the debate last night, and I'm going to continue to do so, and I do want your thoughts as well. 216-901-0945. I never thought that there could ever be a candidate on the stage for president or vice president from either party who would be more unlikable than Hillary Clinton. I never thought it was possible. She is so extraordinarily unlikable uh, in her delivery and her her tone and her everything. Kamala Harris beat her. Kamala Harris proved me wrong. It only took one more election cycle from 2016 to 2020. Yep. Hold my beer. 
or rather, hold my uh, my wine. I'm I'm from uh, San Francisco. Um, Kamala Harris is just extraordinarily unlikable. And you know who else said that? Uh, President Trump thought the same thing. I thought that wasn't even a contest last night. She was terrible. She was. Uh, I don't think you could get worse. And totally unlikable. And she is. She's a communist. She's left of Bernie. She's rated left of Bernie by everybody. She's a communist. We're going to have a communist, and she's going to be, in my opinion, within a month. Look, I stood next to Joe, and I looked at Joe. Joe's not lasting two months as president. Okay, that's my opinion. That's why last night was so important. And I really hoped you watched it with that mindset. This I'm vetting a person right now as I watch and listen to Kamala Harris. Not necessarily the same thing with Donald Trump. But I'm vetting a person. Um, on whether or not I want this person to be the president of the United States. You just heard President Trump say, Joe Biden is not going to last. Now, I'm not going to go down on the one or two month thing the way he did. He likes to exaggerate and he likes to take things to the nth degree. But I, there's no way he lasts his first term, probably not his first year, certainly not his first two years before midterm, and they realize it. And Kamala's going to take over, either again in name or she's going to be calling the shots. So last night, that unlikable, condescending, pro-Green New Deal, anti-fracking, and she lied about that, um, a race baiting, racially divisive former attorney general um, was auditioning for president. And she was awful. Absolutely awful. Mike Pence scored a lot of points against her, characterizing her and, uh, you know, the Biden Harris ticket or the Harris Biden ticket, as she likes to see it, as being, you know, the, the far left progressive socialist kind of organization that they are. Uh, I mean, literally, he pointed out the tax cuts. She lied about that. Mike Pence pointed out that Joe Biden has declared that on day one he repeals the Trump tax cuts. And then she said he's not going to raise taxes on anybody making less than $400,000 a year. Well, repealing the tax cuts does exactly raise the taxes on everybody of every wage level because that's what the Trump tax cuts did. They cut uh, taxes for everybody. And he po- he cornered her on the court packing issue, of course. She refuses to answer, just as Joe Biden refuses to answer, that if their vengeance, and that's what it is, if their revenge for Amy Coney Barrett getting appointed to the court, the Supreme Court, will be to pack the court, expand it to 15 members or something drastic and stupid like that, she will not answer. And President, or Vice President Pence pointed out, she has an answer whether or not they'll pack the courts. Joe Biden hasn't answered. And she said, well, I'm trying to answer you right now. And then so he shut up, and then she proceeded to not answer. And we know the reason why. If they say, yes, we're going to pack the courts, they will thrill their, their, uh, their far-left radical base, but they will lose the moderate Democrats. And if they say, no, we're not going to pack the courts, they'll thrill the moderate Democrats, and they will lose the rabid socialist base. She and he meaning Harris and Biden, are flat-out cowards, charlatans. I mean, what kind of a candidate, what type of a ticket, refuses to answer very important questions about the future of this country and its foundational separation of powers, refuses to answer before the election and just says, "Um, we'll tell you later after we're elected. Then we'll tell you what we're going to do. No, you'll tell us right now because that's how we decide if we want to elect you. And if they refuse to tell you, well, then now you know the answer. They are unelectable. Much, much more discussion of last night's VP debate and more coming up on AM 1420, The Answer. Bob France, here on AM 1420, The Answer. 
All right, 935. Uh, more debate reaction to last night and looking forward to the next presidential debate if it is to happen. If you did not hear the breaking news this morning, the Presidential Debate Commission has decided that the second presidential debate between Vice, uh, between uh, President Trump and uh, uh, Joe Biden, former Vice President Joe Biden is going to be virtual in the interest of safety from COVID, etc. President Trump has responded and said, not happening. I will not do a virtual debate with Joe Biden. He called into Mar- uh, Maria Bartiromo this morning on uh, Fox Business. The CPD, the Commission on Presidential Debates, announcing this morning uh, that the second presidential debate will be virtual. Are you saying you're not going to participate? No, I'm not going to waste my time on a virtual debate. That's not what debating is all about. You sit behind a computer and do a debate. It's ridiculous. And then they cut you off whenever they want. Uh, I have a host who I always thought was a nice guy, but I see he's a never-Trumper. You know, came out that he's a never-Trumper. Uh, we do have some of them, Maria, believe it or not, because they don't like to win. Uh, and uh, I, so, but I'm I not doing. I'm not doing a virtual point, debate. They, they didn't even tell at, us at about the debate, the, So you just learned this this morning. Yeah, we learned it the same way you learned it. They called up uh, two minutes ago, and uh, it was announced. And uh, they're, they're trying to protect Biden. Everybody is. They're trying like that NBC disaster where he went on a. The show with Lester Holt, it was like it was meant for a child. And, of course, that was the uh, event, the town hall event, in which they say that a bunch of undecided voters will ask questions in a town hall-style format of Vice President Biden, and that all of them are Biden supporters, and they ask questions just to uh, to attack Trump. Trump, of course, sat, and sat in on a similar one with George Stephanopoulos on ABC a few weeks back, but, of course, it was just the opposite. They said it would be undecided voters, and it turns out it's a bunch of Biden voters all attacking Donald Trump. It is never a fair playing field, ever, with this guy. So what I want to do for you right now is tell you exactly why President Trump is right to reject a virtual debate um, next week set up by the presidential. And by the way, he mentioned the moderator is a never-Trumper. That's Steve Scully. We have talked about this. He used to be an intern for the Joe Biden, or for Joe Biden, rather, when he was 18. That's a long time ago, but since that time, and much more recently, he has praised Joe Biden in a series of tweets, and he has criticized Donald Trump, the most egregious of which was four years ago, when Steve Scully retweeted the New York Times editorial by David Brooks that basically said, never Trump, not now, not ever. So the guy is clearly biased against Donald Trump and in favor of Joe Biden. And there is no way in a virtual setting for the Trump campaign or for the debate to commission, debate commission to truly make sure Joe Biden doesn't cheat. Joe Biden is a liar and a cheat. Let me say this loud enough so you can hear it in the cheap seats. Joe Biden has cheated and lied every moment of his 47-year political career. Do you understand that? He has cheated and lied. Now, I don't normally like to play long-form audio on my show because it cuts into my time to talk and my time to listen to you. But this is a five-minute series of examples back when the media used to actually practice journalism. A lot of this is from the late 80s when Biden ran in 88 against Dukakis in the primaries. So it's CBS News reporting. And, and back when they actually used to do journalism, I want you to listen to this coverage of Joe Biden. Once you establish yourself as a liar and a plagiarist, once you establish yourself as a cheat, you are always a liar, a plagiarist, and a cheat. He didn't grow out of being a liar and a plagiarist 
because he ran for president again this year. He has always been this, and this is why you cannot trust him in a virtual debate. He will cheat. He will have a teleprompter. He will have an earpiece. He will have somebody holding up cue cards behind the camera to remind him what to say. And, and again, now this is not an un, you know, ver- or unfounded accusation. The man has been a cheat forever. I'm going to want you to listen to this next five minutes. Democratic presidential candidate Joseph Biden today faces a controversy. Three weeks ago at a debate at the Iowa State Fair, he used phrases identical to those delivered by British Labor Party leader Neil Kinnock. Biden seemed to be claiming Kinnock's vision and life as his own. Why is it that my wife is sitting out there in the audience? is the first in her family to ever go to college. Why is Gladys the first woman in her family in a thousand generations to be able to get the university? My ancestors who worked in the coal mines in northeast Pennsylvania and come up after 12 hours and play football. Eight hours underground and then come up and play football. It's because they didn't have a platform upon which to stand. There was no platform upon which they could stand. The notion that every thought or notion or idea you'd have to go back and find and attribute to someone I think is quite frankly uh, ludicrous. The problem here is that Senator Biden told his audience he'd just been thinking about these things and he failed to give any credit at all to his famous British speechwriter. You know I was thinking on the way over here. (laughs) Now that's a little too much because as you point out what's behind the words? What's there? And a lot of people the rap on Biden has always been if it's just a surface. I should have said To paraphrase Neil Kinnock, it's the only time I didn't in all the times I've ever used it. But CBS News found a tape of a second instance. It reappeared in the New York Times with a new charge, that Biden had appropriated a famous litany from the late Robert Kennedy about what the gross national product cannot measure. It cannot measure the health of our children. The health of our children. The quality of our education. The quality of their education. The joy of their play for the joy of their play. Biden gave Kennedy no credit. He has also quoted or paraphrased John Kennedy, Hubert Humphrey, and British Labor Party leader Neil Kinnock, all without credit. Joseph Biden admitted today that he committed plagiarism when he was in law school. He said it was a mistake, but that it was unintentional. He quoted five pages of someone else's work without proper citation. I've done some dumb things, and I'll do dumb things again. He was given an F. So ladies and gentlemen, I've been dumb. To the political community in Washington, it all seems of a piece. Plagiarism at law school, plagiarism on the stump. The great communicator, strike that. The great imitator. You don't steal verbatim, uh, or when you do, as he did 99% of the time, you give credit. Biden's critics say he sells himself as a man whose words and visions can inspire a new generation in politics. But if the thoughts, phrases, and visions really belong to others, It's a form of false advertising. Is it a wise idea, though, to take something that personal, anyway, from another politician and try and appropriate it to your own campaign? I think it was a stupid thing to uh, appropriate uh, material that was really very personal that was someone else's. Most people didn't know who he was, you know, Joe Biden, Biden, and now they're going to say, oh, yeah, he's the guy who plagiarized. That's a lot of people. Politically, that's (laughs) devastating. These clips are devastating. He looks like a Joe Biden wind-up doll with somebody else's words coming out. If they're going to do things that are stupid as well as immoral, then they're probably too dumb to have the job of president. Voters are going to have to decide whether he was dishonest or dumb. 
Senator Joseph Biden may have more explaining to do. The new questions stem from taped remarks of Biden during an April campaign appearance in New Hampshire. I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my, in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. Went back to law school and in fact ended up in the top half of my class. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits, only 123 credits. Biden now concedes he did not graduate in the top half of his law school class, that he does not have three degrees from college, and that he was not named outstanding political science student in college. Newsweek says Biden actually went to school on a half scholarship, ended up near the bottom of his class, and won only one degree, not three. Joe Biden ranked 76th in a class of 85 at the University of Syracuse Law School. I mean, this guy comes off this whole thing as a flyweight. Now Biden says Newsweek is right. His memory had failed him. And I'd be delighted to sit down and compare my IQ to yours if you'd like, Frank. Joe Biden was victimized by the truth. Bye-bye, Biden. He may not know it yet, but I think this is very going to be very difficult for him to recover. Is Joe Biden dead meat, yes or no? I think so. Bob? Terminal condition. Terminal. Eleanor. Yes, unless he comes in third in Iowa. <laughs> Morton. Dying. I say dead. We'll be right back. That was from MRC, uh, Media Re uh, Research Council. Um, and it is utterly devastating. It is utterly devastating. Now, this has gone semi-viral because it's old it's not brand new but it's gone semi-viral and a lot of people online have seen it and heard it many on the left dismiss it because well orange man bad i'll take a liar a plagiarist a cheater over donald trump they say it doesn't matter but to some moderates, there are people whose eyes are being opened by those revelations. And that's why I wanted to share it with you. I know not everybody in our listening audience is online. They don't have Facebook. Not everybody has Twitter. Not everybody has the opportunity to see these kinds of things. All you get is what you see on TV or in your newspapers. So I wanted you to hear this directly from me. And I want you to understand what it means. And by the way, those were just the old clips of Joe Biden's plagiarism, Joe Biden's uh, falsehoods about his own personal resume and career. More recently in this cycle, just a week ago, he was caught alleging that he attended Delaware State, a, a an historically black college. He was caught literally saying that I went there. He did not go to a black college as a white guy. He's trying to make himself look less racist than he is. His instances of racism are well documented. His comments, countless numbers of them. And yet, he purports to stand up there and call his opponent, Donald Trump, a racist. It's incomprehensible. It really is. I cannot comprehend it. Can you? How somebody can be, well, it's projection is what it is. And that's in the leftist playbook. Project whatever your weaknesses are upon your opponents. Accuse your opponent of doing exactly what you yourself are doing to deflect. And that's what he's doing. He's constantly making racist statements or allowing his little racist stereotyping 
to leak out of his big mouth and then having to cover his tracks while saying, well, the best way to cover my tracks is accuse Trump of racism. Repeat the Charlottesville lie, for example. They tried to pull that last night with Kamala Harris, too. So, Joe, why am I you know, fixating on this this morning? I'm fixating on, on this this morning because once you're a liar, you never stop being a liar. Does that make sense? This has been successful for Joe Biden throughout his professional career. It has worked for him. You don't change things that work for you. Now, you might say, well, he did get busted by all of those journalists talking about how he claimed he had three degrees. Come to find out he had one. Claimed he was in the top half of his class at law school. Come to find out he was 76th out of 85. Come to, he, say, he claimed he was a scholarship student, the only one. Come to, come to find out, no, he had a partial scholarship and was not the only one. I mean, all of these things cost him, well, shouldn't say cost him uh, the opportunity to win the presidency, but he was running in 88 against Dukakis, did not win in the primaries. And yes, this cost him, but he still had a 47-year career in the Senate or as vice president for Barack Obama. Once you are a liar and it's what you do, and, and you say these lies so casually, and look at the Neil Kinnock uh, plagiarism. As was pointed out by many of the reporters in the clip that I played for you, Neil Kinnock's personal story about his wife and his family, Joe Biden ripped and said it was his wife and his family. I mean, that's not just plagiarizing somebody's ideas, for example. You know, plagiarizing President Trump's uh, game plan for, you know, buying American that's that's plagiarizing of a different kind. You can you know take somebody else's platform and say, well, that's my platform. You know, just because somebody else said it first doesn't mean it's not my original idea. Okay, you can plagiarize a lot of different things about policy, but he plagiarized somebody else's personal life story and repeated it as his own, and then said, oh, my only mistake was I didn't say paraphrasing Neil Kinnock. Well, you don't paraphrase somebody else when they're talking about their personal lives and their personal wives and their personal history and their personal family, and then try to claim it as your own. You don't just say, oh, you know, to paraphrase so-and-so as if you had the same personal experience. You only lie about things like that when you are an habitual liar. Unless you are a congenital liar, that you lie so much you cannot help yourself. You, you, you divorce yourself from reality and say whatever comes into your head, true or not, because you can't distinguish between truth. You're unable, unable to. And if you think that that cheating, lying, plagiarizing Joe Biden is different from the current cheating, lying, plagiarizing, plagiarizing Joe Biden, and that Donald Trump has nothing to worry about in doing a virtual debate because Joe Biden will be on the up and up. Joe Biden will keep it honest. Joe Biden won't cheat, won't have a, a teleprompter, won't have people feeding him answers, won't have an earpiece, won't have any of these things. If you really believe that Joe Biden is suddenly going to go from being a career liar and plagiarist to being an honest stand-up guy in a, in a virtual presidential debate, then I question your own honesty or your own wisdom. All right, right back on AM 1420, The Answer. Susan played the lady who called the 
Have you ever heard anything quite like what I played for you? Seriously? Have you ever heard anything from somebody so extraordinarily, I think, just fundamentally in their in their DNA dishonest? Because that's kind of what Joe Biden is. It's in his DNA. He cannot help himself from lying. He has lied about every element of his life, about his personal life, about his professional life. And now we're supposed to trust him in a virtual debate where there's nobody in the room or in his little cocoon with him except for his handlers and his uh, advisors. Unbelievable. TJ is in Cleveland on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, TJ. Go right ahead, sir. Yeah, hi, Bob. You know, Kamala Harris laid a big egg last night, and they can't afford for this to happen again. Now I'll tell you what they're going to do, Bob. They can't trust this dope even with a teleprompter or an earpiece. It would not surprise me if they pre-recorded his answers and played it like it was live. And Trump couldn't interject because that shut his mic off. And I have no doubts this is what they would stoop to. You know, to make Biden look like he's got something upstairs. I... Well, uh, yeah, maybe. Um, I don't think he would go there, though. I don't think they would pre-record his yeah, answers they would, because yeah, they would. They'd go well, anywhere. Well, no. I mean, come on, TJ. You can't. You, let's be reasonable here. Um, he's going to have to respond to things that Trump says. And he doesn't know what Trump's going to say, so you can't just play a tape there and have it not address that. He's going to have to be live. But what he can't, what they can do is be literally writing out cue cards behind the camera that he's looking into for the virtual debate and hold them up and, you know, here's your response. Say this. Say that. Uh, you know, even if it's just bullet points, remind this, remind that. Those are the kinds of things that they will do, but they can't record him because, again, he has to respond not only to the moderator if he has the questions in advance, but to whatever Trump says. And if Trump Trump says, hey, Joe, why don't you do this or why don't you uh, denounce that or whatever the case might be? He can't they can't just play a loop. You see what I'm saying? He's got to be live, but there are plenty of ways to cheat while live. That's true, Bob, but they could mingle the two together. I'm saying when he does come up with like a two minute answer, that that could be pre-recorded, And then they could switch live if he has to answer because they're not going to take the chance with him to right now. It's too right with a teleprompter. He's going to he's going to be a bonehead. No, it's too right. Here's look. Look, he was live on the stage before, and a lot of people felt like he won because President Trump wouldn't let him talk. You know, he didn't do anything smart, but President Trump just kind of you know overwhelmed the stage, and Biden looked like you know the victim really, kind of because Trump wouldn't let him talk so much so that he had to say, "Will you just shut up?" Uh, look, Biden, Biden can can handle a live debate with assistance. He got assistance the first time from Chris Wallace. This time he would get it from whoever is in his cocoon, but they don't have to record. It's too rife. Can you imagine this, TJ? Uh, imagine the, the producers and such. And thanks for the call. I got to get to the news. Uh, imagine the producers in such an elaborate, you know, setup. They're playing the wrong loop, you know, the wrong tape at the wrong time. You know, he you know, goes live to, to record it and so on and so forth. It's just, no. It's not going to be like that. It's too rife for mistakes. It's too easy to make mistakes and things like that. But believe me, he will get assistance. He will be live, and he will get assistance uh, if they do a virtual debate. But again, let's 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 remind everybody what I played for you. President Trump called into uh, Maria Bar- Bartiromo this morning and said, "Yeah, there's not going to be a chance of this happening." So, Mr. President, you're not going to do it because the CPD, the Commission on Presidential Debates, announcing this morning uh, that the second presidential debate will be virtual. Are you saying you're not going to participate? No, I'm not going to waste my time on a virtual debate. That's not what debating's all about. You sit behind a computer and do a debate. It's ridiculous, and then they cut you off whenever they want. 
Uh, I have a host who I always thought was a nice guy, but I see he's a never-Trumper. You know, came out that he's a never-Trumper. He, of course, is talking about Steve Scully, the moderator for the second debate. But you heard him. I'm not going to do a virtual debate. They're trying to protect protect Joe Biden. They're going to try to help Joe Biden do what Joe Biden has always done. Cheat, cheat, cheat. Dr. Everett Piper is going to talk about this with us and much more coming up on AM 1420, The Answer.